listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, hey, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. We're talking about, Ooh. oh, werewolf books. <laughs> Good cue. <laughs> and interviewing author Maggie Takuda Hall. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Well, we talked about this a little bit last week. I just finished a book that you pre-ordered. Mallory, I have to tell you something. Um, I got this on NetGalley. I requested I know. this. And you could have requested I, it. I I know, but I've just had so much, like, I, yeah. I've been, I've had such a backlog yeah. that I was like, here's what happened. I was like, oh, you know what? I'll pre-order it. Ooh, and I'll get the hard copy the week it comes out. Ooh, it's going to be so great. And it came in the mail and Jeremy opened it and it was like, this looks good. And the next thing I knew, I came in the living room and he was reading my book. <laughs> uh, what is the book? It is The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. Uh, it is it is a spooky Halloween book. It also has a lot of trigger warnings that I would like to just say for people. Um, child abuse, um, uh, serial killer, um, animal abuse. Um, uh, look these up uh, before you before you. Jeremy gave me the off. heads up that I'm at, which I'm actually I'm very glad that he read it first because he said that there were some snake things towards the end. Ah, I actually almost texted you about this. There are some snakes. There's actually quite a few snakes. Uh, so snake, so maybe it's snake fine warning. That he stole it. Um, uh, but basically, this is a story told from three different perspectives. Um, the story of a man named Ted who you, oh, I'm sorry, from four different perspectives. Uh, a man named Ted who you don't really know what's going on with him, but obviously there's something going on with him. He's probably a serial killer of, of some sort. Um, is what you learn at the very beginning. Um, um, the perspective of a a woman, a girl who is his daughter, uh, the perspective of a woman searching for her long lost sister um, who disappeared one day around the la- around Needless Street, and the perspective of Ted's cat. Those are the perspectives yes. from the book. Um, and every chapter, you get a little bit more information about what's going on. It's pretty scary. Um, there's and there, it's it's interesting. You don't often read these kind of horror books that have the perspective of like the person who obviously you're supposed to be fearing in it. So that's that's really interesting. Um, it's it's great. It's super duper dark. Um, I would say it's it's a horror book, but it's also just like a dark fiction book. Um, very like you know don't it don't go into it lightly. But I enjoyed it immensely. Um, uh, Mallory, what are you reading? Um, I am reading another pre-order book because mine was taken. Um, I'm very excited about it. It's another haunted house story because it's fucking October and it's Halloween. It's white smoke by Tiffany D Jackson. And it's about this as per usual family who moves into a new <laughs> old house. Um, it's this, it's this sort of like blended family. Uh, they're moving from California to this Midwestern city. It's this, like they, these people have, have, both these parents have remarried each other. And um, so the main character is this teenage girl. She does not like her new stepsister. Um, and they've moved into this Midwestern town. And as soon as they move in, basically she, the main character, um, starts noticing some creepy stuff in the house. You know, things are happening on their own. Lights and lights are flickering and shadows. And she's like, um, hears voices and she can smell things. But she's the only one who can, um, who is experiencing this stuff. Um 
and things continue to get creepier and creepier. And as she, as things progress, she starts to realize that it's not even just the house. It's there's something wrong with the whole town. Um, and she's also dealing with like her own mental health stuff. And it's very, very scary. It's very, very good. I am very glad that I saved it for Halloween. So that's white smoke by Tiffany D Jackson. And mine is the last house, the last house on needless street by Catriona Ward. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Marin writes in with a hot book tip. Wow, wow, wow. Hot, hot book, book tip. tip. Hot book tips in the morning with Bria and Mout. We got a hot book tip. Uh, Marin <laughs> says, a hot book I've been tip trying over to here. <laughs> <laughs> here it is. Get ready. Here's the hot book tip. It's like those people, like the announcement that happens at the restaurant when the, they someone tells the waiters it's your birthday. <laughs> we got a birthday book got a over birthday. here. We got a birthday. <laughs> Uh, so Marin says, I've been trying to use the library more so I can actually retire one day instead of working to support my book habit for the rest <laughs> of my life. Anywho, as I was looking into it, um, as I was looking into if it would make sense to join a non-local library online, I discovered the browser library extension. Mm-hmm. We we talked about this on the show, I think, like four years ago. So like, like I put this first in here. few episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we should talk about yeah, it. So, uh, so uh, I figured it'd be good to, to remind folks. Uh, so what library extension is, is if you download it and tell it which libraries you're a member of, it will tell you in Goodreads and on a lot of book buying websites if the book you're looking at is at your library and if there are copies available. I have this and it is yeah. fucking sweet. It's great. It's great. Um, Marin says you can also use it to stock other libraries because you don't need to sign into your library account to see their catalog through this. It's been great. I don't have to look through 12 apps to see if any of my library resources have a book, and I could see if it would be worth adding another library to my arsenal. So far, I know it shows up on Amazon, Chirp, Kobo 2, but I know it's on more. There's actually actually a list. Uh, I just don't feel like looking at it. Goodreads is enough for me to see what my options are and decide if I want to buy the book or borrow it. And here's a link. Yeah, highly recommend library extension. Yeah, it's it great. is indispensable. Uh, Trisha wrote in with a wheelhouse. This show got me thinking about my wheelhouse, and so I've been paying closer attention to my thought process when I'm, when I'm at the bookstore. I've recognized that I love super creepy or haunted or magical stories that take place in either alternative or imaginary worlds, perhaps a dystopian or utopian alter- alternative reality, or even a journey in the real world with a narrator who is unreliable due to an overactive imagination and, um, or delusions slash hallucinations. I just got to tell you, you should read the book I'm reading right now. I also love stories that ask the question, is this a bona fide haunting slash possession or is the narrator just losing their grip on reality? Sounds like something Mallory likes too. If there's an animal mm-hmm. animal sidekick, there, then it's so much better. Although I only love it when an animal sidekick survives. Something I dislike about Stephen King is that he loves to kill off the dog. Stephen King and Mike Flanagan, they fucking hate animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally no true. pets. Totally true. Uh, so quick reminder for a couple of things, folks, um, our readathon is going to be on November 14th. It's in a few weeks from now. That's a Sunday. It's going to start at 9 a.m. Pacific time and end at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And we're just going to read all day. Just get to hang out with Bria and I. We're going to do a couple, a uh, few check-ins uh, via Instagram live. Um, so keep an eye on that. We'll announce times that the that we're going to go live earlier on. We'll probably do like one at the start, one in the middle, one at the end. Um and you can just get snacks, get a stack of books, get some drinks, and just sit and read with us for eight hours. It's going to be our first ever readathon. We're really excited. Uh, also, folks, I am I'm on virtual tour now. 
Um, the day the day after this episode comes out, uh, October twenty ninth, um, it is going to be my virtual launch party with Megan Rosenblum, another fellow nonfiction author. Um, I we're going to be in conversation at seven p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it's going to be awesome. We're really we're really excited. We're going to be talking about writing nonfiction and spooky things and history and cocktails. I cannot wait. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, I uh, I also have a quick bookmark. I am the movie I wrote and directed. Twelve Hour Shift is uh, the script for it is part of uh, a box like one of those boxes you get in the mail called Storier. Storier like S T O R R I E R. You can get um, like a copy of the script. So if you are a screenwriter and you're looking. Uh, you you like that kind of thing. You can get it in the mail um, in their box. Um, and I'm doing on November 5th a little live interview with them talking about the box and uh, talking about the script and stuff. So if you are a screenwriter and you're interested, uh, go go check out Storier. Yeah, I know that we have a lot of folks who are writers who listen to the show, so don't miss that. Um, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we talk about werewolf books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part this week by Soylent. Soylent, the original food tech company, makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. Wow, there are so many kinds of Soylent. Y'all have heard us talk about them on the show. We really like Soylent. There's the Soylent Complete Meal, which is a ready-to-drink shake. It's like one of those great shakes that's already mixed together, or you can get a powder format if that's better. It has 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients. It is really great for you. There's also Soylent Squared, which is comes in these little small-sized packages, 100 calories, but great to eat on the go. You can throw them in your purse. You know I love a purse snack. And there's Soylent Complete Energy, which is not your typical energy drink. It is the first nutrition nootropics shake. Nootropics, that's right, to fuel your mind and body. We love Soylent. You know, you shouldn't replace all of your meals with Soylent, but it's great to have on the go. It's great to keep you going. I love to get up in the morning and have something small so I can start working, start writing, and Soylent is the perfect thing for that. And they have so many different products, so that is great. It is the quickest, easiest meal on the planet. No cooking, no cleanup. Salads aren't the only way to get a balanced nutrition. This is another great way. And again, it's it's healthy. It's fast. Mallory loves it. I love it. And don't forget, it has chocolate flavors, which we're big on. You know I love chocolate. So go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use the code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses. Code glasses for 20% off your first order. Glasses. Well, hello. I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston, and we are the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog? And we got breaking news. We got an expose. And all the beans have been spilled via an Apple podcast review that said this show isn't well researched. <gasps> well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. 
Not since the day we started has it been well-researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm going to come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, <laughs> you know what? Come on in to Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. <laughs> This week, happy Halloween! It is our favorite holiday, and this year we're delving into a specific category of Halloween-y book, werewolf books. I have been waiting for us to do an episode like this for years. Wow, I know. <laughs> I don't have as many werewolf books, but I'm um, happy to do this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying, we've done one on witches, mm-hmm. and... It's I weird we haven't done, done a Haunted House specific. one, though, have we? Next year? Yeah, well, great. Next year you can pick it. <laughs> Um, so Brit, do you, how do you, we all know how I feel about werewolf books. Sure. How do you feel about werewolf books? I mean, I do like them and I, I, I like, you know, I like horror. I like genre. I'm not like seeking out specifically werewolf books, but there are obviously ones that if you're reading horror, you're going to run across some werewolf books. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I like them. I like a werewolf included in my book for sure. I think they're very cool. <laughs> um, I think I'm not ready to like get down on one knee and propose to them like you are oh i'm there i got the <laughs> ring ready uh okay so let's let's talk about some werewolf books we love um what's your first one um my first one is i want to do a shout out to, to a book we haven't talked about in a minute which is soulless by gail Carriger. um oh yeah. early guest of the show this is a series of books it's got steampunk cool dresses um, vampires dealing with social etiquettes, you know, that old trope. Um, and there is a werewolf character. There's werewolf characters in this series. Um, I think if you love that kind of like steampunk, if you love horror stuff but are kind of a Halloween-y and don't want it something super scary, this is a really good one. I will say, I, I, if I recall correctly, Gail also has a sexy werewolf series like a more of an erotica kind of deal with with werewolves i i don't know but i have to say that um i was googling for this and i was like what werewolf books have i read and there's so many lists of werewolf erotica out there like there's so many they're like the top 50 best werewolf romances and i'm like whoa uh which maybe that will be our one next year maybe we end up reading a werewolf romance i'm surprised we haven't picked that for our they're called they're called shift Shift, shifter romance. Yeah, shifter romance. Uh huh. And it's like a big thing. I will say that's not, I've. You'd be surprised, but I've never read a ro- werewolf romance novel. I am surprised. I guess I don't want to. It's not something that I am excited about romantically. Oh, so um, you want to keep your werewolf erotically not sexy? You like a non-sexy werewolf? Well, the funny thing is, some of the books that I'm going to talk about today are have some sexy scenes, but I don't think it's like. It's just never occurred to me to like have the sex be first. Oh, like, so some of the books you're talking about. Well, we can get to them, but some of the books you're talking about have werewolf sex scenes in them. Yes, oh. but it's not like the whole jit. Like it's not like the 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 thrust I'm, of it. <laughs> I guess it, I was gonna, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was trying to figure 
out how to put it without making it sexual. But yeah, the main thrust of it for sure. All right, well, flag maybe, those. Maybe I will read a sexy werewolf romance, and and maybe I don't even realize that I maybe I I am a fan, a secret fan of them, and I don't even know it. Uh, well, uh, I will say, uh, flag those for listeners at home who are listening. If there is one that you does have a sexy romance with a werewolf scene or moment in the book, I think you, you, uh, well, I, I will say it's a huge spoiler if I tell you which one's uh, on this list. Fine. Okay. All right. All right. Well, what's your first one? Some of, some of them do, some of them don't. Um, I think half of them do. Whoa. Um, half is a lot. I think almost none of mine On do. my list. Okay. All right. All right. What's your first one? So my first one is my ultimate, my favorite, favorite, favorite. It is The Last Werewolf by Glenn Duncan. It's the first in a trilogy, and it's really hard not to spoil anything about it. All I'll say is that it's literally about The Last Werewolf. That's it. He's the only one. He's the only werewolf in the world. Um, he's filled with all sorts of, like, immortal nihilism. It's really funny. There's, like, a scene at the beginning where he's like... I've had sex with everybody. I've read every book. I know every language. Like, because he, he's immortal. He's been alive for hundreds and hundreds of years. And he's, like, very much filled with, like, you know, immortal ennui. Like, he's mm. just, like, ugh, so bored Tough. with life. Um, but then something happens He just, that, that makes him care about living again. Is it and, erotic that something happens? Is it erotic? Uh, no, no, actually. Um <laughs> Not at uh, not at first, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's 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 uh, he discovers an object that makes him want to start living again, and it is it's just really good. I love the writing. I love the character. The main character is like one of my favorite characters in all of literature, and it's just it's just really good. Um, the re- and the rest of the trilogy is good too, but the first book's definitely my favorite. Um, what is your next one? Uh, my next one is uh, No Gods No Monsters by um, uh, Cadwell Turnbull. Um, we just had him on the show. Um, uh, in this book, I love this book. It's, uh, it's also the beginning of a series, but it's the only, this book just came out this year. Um, it starts with a black woman getting the news that her brother was killed by the cops. Um, and then there's body camera footage that reveals that her brother was a werewolf. You've probably heard me talk about this on the show because I liked it a lot. Um, and basically this opens up this whole new world. Werewolves are real. Monsters are real. People don't know how to deal with it, so they kind of, like, don't deal with it. They're kind of like, oh, maybe this isn't real. Um, it's great. There's a ton of monsters in it, too, so it's not just werewolves, but werewolves kind of start the um, they start the drama. Uh, but it is great. <laughs> I love his writing. Typical werewolves. He has really great writing it's very like literary fiction um style prose um it's great uh what's what's your second one uh god this is it's been it was so hard for me to choose all these um out of all bazillion werewolf books that i love but my second one is mongrels by stephen graham jones yeah. i just fucking love this book so much it's a fantastic coming of age story about this boy who comes from a f- poor family and they really like live on the fringes also they're werewolves and they're like he has to deal with trying of like living in these different worlds and feeling like he doesn't totally belong anywhere uh it's also it's not super scary um it's like it's a werewolf book but it's not like i wouldn't it's it it's horror because it has horror elements but it's not a scary book um so i really think it's good if you are looking i mean it's not halloween yet there's still a few days left of october when you're listening to this episode so if you're looking for a good book but you're also halloweeny this is a great one uh what's your next one uh, my third one. Okay, this is where we have to get into how do we define a werewolf? Like, is it just a shifter? Pretty loosely. Okay, all right. So then I'm going to recommend a book that you recommended, and I know you like too, which is Empire of Wild. 
Um, oh, so good. And this this is a bit of a spoiler. The creature is technically what never called a werewolf. I think it's a rogarau. I don't know how to say it exactly, but a rogarau, rogaru. Rogaru, Rogaru, yeah. yeah. Which is a, a shape shifting wolf. Um, it's it's found in French cultures, Native American cultures. Um, this book is written by um, uh, Matisse, Matisse uh, author in Canada. Um, uh, you've heard us probably talk about this on the show, but um, it's basically about a woman whose husband disappears, and then she goes to this. Um, she's like in the in a parking lot, and she sees like a pop up tent with um, a traveling preacher. And she goes in, and her husband is, like, in there. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he doesn't know who she is. And um, then it becomes about her figuring out what to do. There's also chapters from a point of view that you don't know whose it is for a while. Um, and also the point of view of one of the 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 evil church people. Uh, so it's, it's great. I love this book. Mallory, what's your last one? Oh, wait, we're going to do two more. What's your next one? Yeah. Uh, the next one I actually picked because I think it'll interest a lot of glassers. Um, it's The Devourers by Indra Das. Again, it's not a super scary book. It's more like it's very historical, very fantastical. It's like a little literary, sort of like Neil Gaiman or China Medieval E. Um, and it's gay, which I think will interest a lot of the glassers. Um, the story switches timelines between modern day and 17th century India. So there's a lot of like cool things. It's like multiple timelines, wicked gay. Um, historical um, and it's a, like it weaves a story about werewolves and love and being human and like the modern day this professor guy ends up running into this like mysterious man who starts telling him a story about immortal werewolves and then it kind of flashes back between like what's happening with the professor in modern day as he's hearing the story and then this like the actual story itself and um it's definitely some violence and gore um but it's not super scary and if you buy it check out the jacket copy it's the first book i ever blurb hey um, i had a friend friend who's an editor at delray and called me and was like you are the person I know is obsessed with werewolves. Will you please give me a blurb <laughs> for this book? And I was like, absolutely. Will we get um, the werewolf it's, it's, connoisseurs thumbs up? <laughs> yeah, two claws up. <laughs> uh, what is your last one? So I wonder, uh, this is a, it's actually a comic series. The comic series Fables um, has a werewolf character. Um, uh, there's there's a there's a run. Uh, it's by Bill Willing, Willingham. Um, and there's a whole run de- dedicated to Bigby Wolf, who is a man who turns into a wolf, which is kind of technically a werewolf. It's a wolf character, uh, but he's also the wolf in, like, Little Red Riding Hood. He's also the wolf of Little what, little Three Little Pigs fame. I'm, like, 90% sure he's a man some of the time. So I guess the question is, what defines a werewolf? Is it a person who turns into a wolf? Does it have to be, like, what is, what is, what is our definition here? Oh, yeah, because I guess if he was just a wolf all the time, there'd be no were part of it. He would just be a wolf. Yeah, sometimes he kind of looks like a man, but with, like, creepy teeth. Uh, <laughs> and then he gets a little wolf-like at times. So I'm not really sure if he's a werewolf. But I'm... He does turn into kind of a wolf situation. Anyway, if y'all haven't read these... <laughs> uh, read the Fables um, series, I, I'm a big fan of this series. Um, it's about, uh, essentially, like, the, the fable... The people from Fables living among, among us. Like, um, you know, Little Boy Blue and... The, the pig, three pigs and stuff like that. And it's great. It's a really fun series. Um, yeah. Would, Would you, you like- know if the three little, if it was the three little pigs or well, just, they, would they just be regular pigs? Well, they talk and like, you know, they know that they're the three little oh. pigs. Like it's, it's a little bit like American gods. Like they're aware that okay. they are like a myth, you know? 
gonna say like there are many little pigs but we are the we are the pigs. three we are the three of legend um <laughs> uh what's your last one mallory can you limit it to, can you do just one <sighs> this was really hard um i and i have so many more that i want to talk about but i wanted to pick one that i haven't talked about on the show before because a lot of the ones that i like we've talked about before like we talked a little bit before we started recording about my favorite thing is monsters and stuff like that um so this one that I, I think glassers should check out is Lycanthropy and Other Chronic Illnesses by Kristen O'Neill. Uh, it's a really cute YA book. I think it came out this year because uh, I read, I got, we got an arc of it. Um, and I'm sorry, I think it came out this year. Uh, it basically explores queerness and chronic illness, but with werewolves. Uh, it's about this young woman and she has to drop out of medical school, which is like what she's always been working towards because she is a chronic illness. She's got Lyme disease. Um, and it's just like, she just is super depressed. And so she seeks solace in this like online friend group for people who have chronic illnesses. Um, only this one, uh, one girl that she becomes really close with, um, her chronic illness is a little more supernatural. Mm. Uh, and I think a lot of glassers will like it. It explores a lot of wheelhouse items. It's a really fun read. It's a really quick read. Um, and there's definitely some, a lot of werewolf humor. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a blast. Uh, so, so if you have any werewolf books that you want to recommend to us, I'm still hoping that that lady who wrote in was like, all these books I keep reading end up becoming werewolf books and I hate it. Please write to me. <laughs> Don't I hold back those books anymore from Mallory. I will say in the research for this uh, writing this episode, I ended up buying like three more <laughs> books that I hadn't read. I love werewolves. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Um, before we talk to Maggie Takuda Hall, whose whose squad would be on this list if we weren't already talking to Maggie this week. Squad is extremely fun. It's my favorite graphic this year. Um, but before we talk to Maggie, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Dipsy. Y'all know we love Dipsy. It is so fun. It's time to seek out pleasure in every area of your life. From how you start your mornings to how you wind down at night and everything in between, you deserve to enjoy it all. And Dipsy Stories wants you to find joy and confidence in and out of the bedroom. Dipsy is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. More stories for you. So no matter what turns you on, Dipsy helps you bring stories to life anytime, anywhere. You can just play them anytime. It's so convenient. And if you want something else, they have wellness sessions to help you wind down, and they have sleep sessions. So there's so many things on Dipsy. Why would you not give it a try? We think it's so cool. It's great. Instead of just turning on some random podcast or like, you know, this one or something else that you don't, you're not really sure what you're getting into. Dipsy is vetted. It is amazing. So for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's 30 days of full access for free. What do you have to lose? Literally nothing. For free, maybe maybe find something you enjoy. That's what you have to lose. Go to dipseastories.com slash glasses. Dipseastories.com slash glasses. Glasses. Welcome. Thank you. No problem. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power. I'd say comfort. What do you think of this? 
That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now? Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. So here we are with author Maggie Takuda-Hall. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So most important question, what are you reading right now? It's always an important question. I'm reading Light from Uncommon Stars by Raika Aoki, and I'm reading Jade Legacy by Fonda Lee. Ooh, good October reads. I know. I mean, neither are particularly spooky, but uh, Light from Uncommon Stars is set in the Bay Area largely, which is very exciting for me. Um, And obviously, I've been waiting for Jade Legacy for quite some time. So this has been a big month for me, personally. (laughs) Not even including the fact that you're about to publish your new book, Squad. No, no, it was really all about Fonda Lee for me. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, 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 I'm releasing my new graphic novel, but really, I want to talk about the books that I'm excited about. Let's focus on what's important here. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm just here to talk about Fonda Lee's. Yeah, which those books are amazing. I don't know if you've read them. I haven't. Um, It starts with Jade City, then it's Jade War. And now this is I'm reading the advanced reader copy of Jade Legacy because I'm fancy. I mean, that's really why we all write books. It's just so we yeah. can get advanced reader copies of books that we want to read. <laughs> Truly. Um, they are so good. They're so much fun. If you wanted to like read The Godfather, but have it be Asian and uh, less like men being men all the time. Less sweaty. Yeah, less sweaty, less like domestic abuse vibes, then I highly recommend. Not as many white, uh, white sweat stained, stained t-shirts. No, considerably fewer and like magic also, oh, yeah. you know? Less, it's, less it's Italian like, accents, yeah. more magic. I mean, you can pitch me on anything with that. Yeah, and more fucking. Yeah. Too. Like, <laughs> just all the good stuff. Really all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, so speaking of good stuff, can you tell us about your new book, Squad? Yeah, thank you so much. It's um, a horror comedy. It's set in the town where I grew up, which is called Piedmont. It's a suburb of the San Francisco Bay Area. And it's about Becca, who's a new kid at PHS, which is um, in real life as well, a pretty insular and privileged high school. And she's come from a past where she's never fit in. And so she is extremely excited when she's immediately swallowed up by the popular girl clique at school. And she's like so excited about it that she doesn't even really care that they are werewolves who turn uh who eat sex pests at parties i mean yeah it's it's one a character flaw you could overlook yeah she's like whatever you'll be my friends people (laughs) um so it's about toxic friendships and white feminism and rape culture and it's about teenage girls doing crimes and falling in love and i hope people like it truly literally all the good stuff Uh, (laughs) so this is a graphic novel and besides being completely obsessed with the story please tell us a little bit about um lisa's lisa sterl's gorgeous art which just just completely totally blew me away uh me too dude me too (laughs) lisa sterl is a god um i don't know if you've seen her tarot deck the modern witch tarot i have it's incredible it's incredible so that's how i was introduced to her i was already sort of aware of her because of that 
Um, and she was our absolute first choice for an illustrator. And I was like shocked and so excited when she agreed to do Squad. I mean, um, Maggie, who wouldn't want to do this book? Hey, can you put, draw a bunch <laughs> of sexy lady werewolves eating people? I mean, I'm surprised you didn't have like 15,000 people lined up beside your door. <laughs> um i like i guess it's it's fun you know to draw but it was still like holy shit just (laughs) best news ever um and she brought so much to the script so i had already completed the script when she signed on as an illustrator and it's kind of the way that i've been trying to explain it to people is that it's like being a screenwriter and then seeing an actual actor say the words that they wrote mind-boggling yeah like fucking cool and also I mean, aside from just being cool for me, a person who likes having my ego boosted and being like, oh, look, other artists are making art with my art. But um, it like she, she adds so much depth and so much flavor and so much character to the story. And so the, the example I've been giving, because I think that it's the easiest one, is, you know, the line in Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts. Mm-hmm. Great line, right? <laughs> Classic. But when Samuel L. Jackson says it, it's iconic. And that's how I feel like it's working with Lisa. It's like, oh, I wrote some stuff that I'm proud of, but then Lisa took it and now I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Now you're holding on to your butt. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't even. It's already gone. I'm buttless now. <laughs> oh no, such a, the worst affliction. <laughs> yeah, so she's wildly talented. She's also writing, um, or sorry, illustrating a series that her husband is writing called Witch Blood that's also very fun if you want to see her like deliver more fashion Luke's like that's the place to go more spooky things from Lisa Sterl please yes so speaking yes. of this being a fun monster story what for you is the most fun part about writing it yeah um I think the invitation to be monstrous yourself while you're writing it it's so much a revenge fantasy at its core uh and so writing it allowed me to get to indulge in that uh and it felt good I'm not gonna lie it felt pretty good (laughs) don't make maggie mad folks Uh. (laughs) that's what this whole book is just about just don't piss me off or i will eat you (laughs) well uh, speaking of that that brings me to my next question for you so listeners of the show know that i'm obsessed with werewolves so they could probably Mm -hmm. fantasize about the scream that i made when this landed in my inbox why (laughs) did you want to make these girls werewolves instead of like vampires or witches or some other monster what was it about werewolves specifically yeah totally um i just want to be clear that i love vampires and witches and if you've written vampire and witch books i want to read them um but i chose werewolves for this story for like a bunch of reasons um like there's period jokes obviously like (laughs) hell yeah i'm not sure why we don't why we gender werewolves to people who don't have uteruses when people (laughs) who have uteruses once a month have like a big bloody secret that arises oh yeah like, well, i mean it's as close as i'm ever going to get to being a werewolf so it's the like the yeah. one perk of my period yeah exactly like it's right there so there was that um i also love anything that puts teenage girls in conversation with grotesquerie um Hell we yeah. as a culture are so gross about teenage girls we sexualize and fetishize their bodies uh and we kind of forget that there's still bodies like we dehumanize teenage girls so much that we don't even treat their bodies like bodies. And they are. They're disgusting just the way that all of our bodies are disgusting with the poop and the blood and the the things. And so I love that with werewolves as well. I feel like that kind of 
allowed me to play with that in a way that I found really satisfying. And they're also monsters that are born of trauma. So like you're made a werewolf. You don't get to choose to be one. You're not born one. It seems wild to me that there's not more werewolf media that's specifically about the aftermath of sexual assault. Um, someone did something bad to you without your permission, and now you feel like you have no control over your own body. Uh, I, I don't know. To me, that feels very clear, like a very apt way, at least for me as somebody who's experienced sexual assault, that felt like a very apt way of talking about it. It's because there aren't enough werewolf movies made by women. <laughs> we, Agreed. We were, we were just talking about this on the show recently. There's just, there, there, there aren't any, I mean, now there, now there's some amazing werewolf books that are, are written by women, but right as of now, there's a few short films, but there really isn't a big werewolf movie that was uh, written and directed by, by a woman. And it's very, very frustrating to me. So I, again, screamed like a, a werewolf victim when I saw squad <laughs> pop into my, um, into my inbox. I think, uh, there's so much werewolf media out there uh, and I'm excited to see more people who aren't straight white dudes making it. Uh, yeah. Very exciting to me. I mean, I feel that way about all horror and everything basically <laughs> all things, but especially horror, the idea of like being afraid, the effect that that is a genre that's been so monopolized by people who have the least to fear. Oh yeah. That, that's what makes me laugh so hard. I'm like, what yeah. do you have to be afraid of? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no, someone laughed at you at the country club. You're wearing the wrong kind of golf pants. <laughs> Sorry. Time to make a scary movie about how women are bad. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to make a w movie about how old women's bodies are terrifying. <laughs> and then go buy new pants. Uh, yeah, exactly. So speaking of, Maggie, if you were to become a werewolf and hypothetically... Mm -hmm eat mm -hmm. someone or a type of person never in right. real life would never actually no. happen just no. just kidding just for fun um yeah. who who would it be or what kind of person would it be okay i mean i do feel like i answered it with squad in some point <laughs> <laughs> I, figured, like, I would, but i would i would eat you know rapey dudes uh particularly serial rapey dudes um but I think I would also really enjoy hypothetically eating the type of people who do like deep state arms deals and profit from them. Ooh. Like I feel like they are probably really well fed, right? I was going to say they're rich. They use that great skincare. Yeah. I, like I just feel like that's the human equivalent of eating like Wagyu beef. <laughs> <laughs> And I wouldn't feel bad doing it, <laughs> hypothetically. Which is, I mean, that's all, all you could ever want out of a meal is yeah. it being delicious and ethical. Yeah, I want a human who's been like massaged with butter. And I feel like, you know, billionaires who who profit from arms deals or like pharmaceutical billionaires, like the, you know, the Sackler family probably has some good eatings in there. Martin Screlly would probably make a delicious, like just toss him in buffalo sauce. He'd be fantastic. Oh my god, a wonderful appetizer. Yeah. I mean, there's no way he's enough for an entree. No, but he would he would get your he would be a good uh, amuse bouche. Yeah, <laughs> for, for sure. Uh, so we were talking a little bit about werewolf media. Um, do you have totally. any any favorite monster or werewolf books besides Squad? Um, oof. I don't. Um, I. 
actually haven't read a ton of werewolf stuff. I've seen a lot of werewolf movies, and that was kind of more where I was coming from. Um, with books, uh, I definitely tend to run more towards like vampires and ghosts. Uh, so I love Octavia Butler's Fledgling for vampires. I think that's the greatest vampire novel I've ever read. It is so upsetting um, for so many reasons, and it's so well written. I love this. It made me so upset. That's that's definitely yeah. a sentiment that is shared by many reading classes. Yeah, this year, like, so yes, she's always so transgressive. I feel like this was the most transgressive one of hers that I've read. Um, I love T. Kingfisher's The Twisted Ones Ooh, for yeah. like folk monsters. I love The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones for elk monsters. We do um, need more elk monsters. Yeah. The Changeling by Victor Laval for trolls was a good one. Oh, love that. And then Max Brooks's books, um, Devolution and World War Z, I think are both great monster stories. Although I didn't love the ending to Devolution, but it was still really fun. Like every time like a the wind would blow outside my window, I'd be like, oh, it's Bigfoot. <laughs> well, I was Bigfoot coming to get me personally. <laughs> coming to get me in Oakland personally you know <laughs> like not even close to the hills <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that bigfoot's uh habitat is getting gentrified in, in some way so he's got to move somewhere <laughs> i mean that's kind of what devolution's about <laughs> uh, and then uh sylvia moreno garcia's mexican gothic <sighs> for like colonialist monster mold great monster and um plain bad heroines by emily f m danforth for ghosts Heaven, that, yes. that was a delight fantastic so yeah. maggie what is your reader wheelhouse what are what are any subjects tropes what is anything that will get you to pick up a book um i read so eclectically that the best thing to get me to pick up a book is recommendations from like specific people whose taste i share um but like I try to read really differently from whatever I'm drafting. So if I'm writing a YA novel, I'll only read like adult nonfiction or, you know, things that are just like completely a different genre. Um, but, you know, if I'm like anxious, I like to read horror because I like to punish myself. <laughs> uh, I, no, I am totally with you because I would rather that think is- about a fake anxiety than a real anxiety. That, you know, what? I think that is exactly that. It's like I can't make my brain be quiet. So I'm going to give myself like my brain something to be upset about it's like giving my it's like giving my brain a a a bone to chew on for a while yeah it's like how when you're sad you like to listen to a sad song so it'll help you cry yeah that's how horror is for me and um when I'm depressed I read a lot of YA because I find it really hopeful it's sort of the opposite where it's like I want to be reminded that there are good things in the world and that you know our future isn't necessarily entirely fucked. So I like <laughs> so YA can be like a nice balm for that. Um, but okay, I will say that if there is someone pre- like girls pretending to be boys in survival situations are always very fun for me. Like I know that that's uh, very old school and now that there are so many more complicated ways to take that on, but it is like, a trope that I will always enjoy. Like The Other Merlin right now by Robin Schneider. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Oh my God, it's a delight. Did you ever watch the BBC Merlin and be like, oh, I wish this were gay? Wait, is that the one with, um, oh my God, uh, what's his name? What's his face? Giles. Oh no, I'm thinking the Sam Neill one. No, 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 no. Um, That's, is that Miss of Avalon? I don't remember. Anyway, um, no, it's like a YA 
retelling of Merlin, the BBC one, With and Giles Anthony's, plays. Oh my god, Uther I have to tell my boyfriend he'll freak out. Yeah, it's so camp. And the entire time I was watching it, I was like, why isn't this gay? Why isn't this gay? <laughs> then the other Merlin by Robin Schneider was like, but what if it is? <laughs> and I love it. Why authors are the greatest uh, people in the world. Yeah, and it's uh, Merlin's daughter pretending to be Merlin's son in court to be the court wizard. That's incredible. That's what she's training for. And it's so fun. It's like pretty horny. It's a delight. It's so goofy. If you like laughing and adventure, like that's the one for you. Um, if if this was a menu and there was a chili rating, which is how we do things on Reading Glasses for Horror, how right. many hor- how many chilies of horniness would this have? Like two, because wow. it's YA, so it's not like um, you know, it's not like a Christina Lauren beautiful bastard novel or something where it's like starts with you know getting fucked at work. <laughs> But, but there's, morning. Like, there's like a lot of pining and some making out and like there's some off the page hinted at sex gotcha stuff all right yeah. i'm gonna have to look at this because i yeah. when i was a kid i was completely obsessed with the the sam neill adaptation of merlin with martin short and um uh what? it's got Mar- sam neill martin short um melinda richard miranda richardson um some other people and Who did Martin Short play. Uh, um, uh, oh, the trickster guy, uh, Mor- Morgan's like right hand man. Oh, okay. And okay. he has so long he hair in it and really heel. confused me as a kid. And <laughs> I still have like weird sexual feelings about Martin Short. No, that's so upsetting. I know. Please, please cut this out of the, the episode. I don't mean to yuck your yum, but Mallory, yeah. Okay. okay, you watch it. It's a mini. I have like this weird obsession with miniseries made in the late 90s and early 2000s. And this Mer- Merlin really, it. I'm, I'm, I am going to DM you a photo after this, after we do the okay. interview, and I, you will see. It really screwed me up as a child. I'm really excited to see how Martin Short could ever be considered a sexual being <laughs> under any circumstances. Something about those late '90s, early 2000s miniseries. Uh, really all right, does it. all right, He's all right. Good filter on, I guess. <laughs> it's the long hair. I will. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna. I'll read the other Merlin, and you will look at this photo of Martin Short. And I will. I will. I'll, I think I'm getting the better end of the deal, though. Uh, <laughs> so Maggie. Where can we buy Squad? Uh, I know that yes. you're do- there's a lot of really cool uh, things you're doing you, uh, with the book and um, stickers and, and, and events and fun stuff that, that listeners might want to know, know about. Um, I think, unfortunately, listeners will have missed the window for stickers because they were a pre-order prize. Uh, but I'll probably do giveaways online if I have any left over. Um, I may not, though, because uh, they went pretty fast, which was really exciting. Um, but you can buy Squad anywhere fine books are sold, but especially your local independent bookstore. If you don't have a local independent bookstore, bookshop.org can ship uh, to you wherever you are, and you can do that online, and they support independent bookstores. You can also, um, if you were interested in my first novel, The Mermaid, the Witch, and the Sea, find it on Libro FM, which is an audiobook service where you can buy them through your local independent bookstores, which is extremely exciting if you're an audiobook person like me. Um, and if you want a signed copy, East Bay Booksellers is the place to get it if you want it autographed by me. Hell yeah, which they should. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, So let's look at some spooky book tech for Halloween. Advances in bookish technology. Today we're going to do one of our favorite things on the show, reviewing bookmarks. Oh yeah. No 
we're expert bookmark reviewers. Um, so these uh, these these were these are Halloween bookmarks. Um, they were well, they weren't sent to us by Danielle. Danielle sent us an Etsy gift card right. so we could buy them. Yes, yeah. Um, they were from an Etsy store called A Stranger Dream, um, and you can buy a lot of cute stuff there. Um, they bookmarks, cute bookmarks. Um, they're things from like they're all like. Different horror things. So it's like a mummy, an old candlestick, um, things like that. And <laughs> and it's not like the bookmarks aren't rectangles. They're actually in the shape of the thing. Like, so it's like the old candlestick is like cut out. The the mummy is like, you know, it's like almost like a paper doll or something like that. Um, but mm-hmm. ones we got, we ordered were the werewolf one for Mallory, a haunted house one for Mallory. And I got the Frankenstein's monster's hand. Pretty cool. Yeah. So what do you th- what do you think, Bria? You like these? Don't like these? Very cute. I think they're super cute. I thought I would use our rating scale, you know, our scale, the the things we judge bookmarks by. Okay, the patented reading glasses bookmark uh, uh, assessment device. Yeah, because these are a little bit pricier than your regular bookmarks because they're you know they're cut out. They're like uh, I don't know if they're die cut, but it's like they're they're cut out of you know uh, of uh, it's not just a, a rectangle, right? Um, so. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say rigidity. Mallory, you can throw in some numbers here, too. Uh, I, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Very rigid. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still paper. Okay. So you're going to... So maybe a 9, because they're... I mean, it's not like a metal or a wooden bookmark, but... Yeah, they are paper. I mean, for paper, pretty fucking rigid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, thickness, pretty thick, but not too thick. You know, you don't want, obviously, to put like a, you know... <laughs> An actual, an actual candlestick in your book. Um, <laughs> uh, so I say for thickness, ten out of ten. It's like a perfect amount of thickness. For me, it was nine out of nine because um, I used it uh, in a uh, the book that I was reading last week, which was the peculiar incident on Shady Street. It was a paperback middle grade book, mm. uh, and there wasn't a lot of heft to the book to keep the book shut. Um, so it was a little tiny bit too thick, but I think if you were reading a hardcover, this would be absolutely perfect Mm -hmm. for stamina. It's hard to say because we just got these, but I would say like an eight. I'd say it's like high eight because it is paper. It is going to give out at some point. You know, this is not going to be, you're not going to pass these bookmarks down to your children. Um, but I'm not giving my kids my haunted house bookmark. That's mine. But I would say it's like an eight, a solid eight. Yeah, I would say eight or nine just because um, it's like it's so thick that uh, unless you had a big heavy hardcover, it would be hard for it to really get stuck in there in the in the spine. Uh, But it's not I mean, it's still very, very high marks. So, uh, yeah, eight or nine for me, too. And durability, again, hard to say. But if you got them wet. I think you're going to get in trouble here. So hold on, no, 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 Bria. The way that Bria put this in the document is, <laughs> it could be tr- in trouble if there is wetness. <laughs> General wetness. What, like if, if the humidity was really high that day? <laughs> Unexplained wetness. So I'm going to give it only a six because this is going to be a problem. I didn't a UFW. Test. I did not test the wetness level. General wetness, <laughs> but um. I'm gonna say it's a six because I just don't. I just don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work out with wetness. Oh no! It'll be a UBW unexplained bookmark <laughs> wetness. <laughs> if you get one of those books that cries on its own, <laughs> then you're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> if you cry into a book, don't read. Don't use these for a sad book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, but if there's wetness, then most of the bookmarks we have, unless they're laminated, sure. they're doomed. But these are just rating. Look, we're not saying it's a bad bookmark. We're just giving you the rating. 
Yeah, I would I would say seven. Okay. On durability. Aesthetic? Oh, 10 on 10. 10 yeah, it's great. Out. This is a great gift gift this to somebody. And what about length? Um, I feel like you probably can judge this better than me. <laughs> you know I love a lot of bookmark. <laughs> These actually are large um, in size. I would say they're large. They're very, yeah, they're about, I don't know, 9, 10 inches in length. They're pretty long. I feel like they're as big as my hand. Like, they're like Bria hand size, if you've ever oh. seen my hands in person. I, I yeah. I have I am a terrible at like I I am possibly the worst person in the world when it comes to like me, like gauging size. Do you remember, did I ever tell you the story of like my when I my first the, my first studio when I used to live near you and I tried to buy a kitchen table? Like I I wanted to buy a tiny little table to eat dinner on and I brought it home and it was just like an end table with put a vase <laughs> on. It was so small I couldn't even fit a whole plate on it. Um I am so bad at measuring distances and sizes. So yeah, maybe eight inches then. I don't know. It's pretty sizable. The bookmark. Because I, I have the, like the werewolf like and six. the haunted house. Yeah. I, we can, we'll post it on the Instagram. We can measure, but I, it was perfect length. Not too short. Yeah. Yeah. But not too long. It's not like an overwhelming bookmark. It's the Goldilocks, Goldilocks version of a, of a length. Um, so yeah. Mallory, I mean, I would, what would you give it overall page wise or how, what's your review overall? Five out of five pages for me. Um, high marks on everything. Um, besides, I mean, I would not laminate them just because they are already wicked thick. Um, uh, these would be perfect in a in a in a hardcover, I think. Um, and you know, I love a bookmark with high marks on everything. These are five out of five pages. If you're, I think, if you're a Halloween or a horror loving print book reader, definitely recommend checking out this Etsy shop. These are fantastic. How many how many pages would you give? This? Oh yeah, five out of five. So cute. Very cute. Love them. So cute. So spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, happy Halloween, everyone. I hope you're doing something exciting. Um, you know, it's we're still, this is second pandemic Halloween, so it's a little bit of a bummer, but I hope you're figuring something out. I think we're taking our friends trick-or-treating. Are you, are you or John just dressing up? No, we don't do that. Just dressing <laughs> up? You think we sit at home and dress up for each other? Well, we're, I mean, we're going to, we're, J- Jeremy and I are dressing up as characters from what we do in the shadows and we're going to take our friend's kids trick-or-treating. That'd be fun. That'd be super fun. I thought it would be really funny if I, cause I'm going to be Nadja if I could dress up my cat Lula as the doll that she carries around. Oh, her, that's funny. We tried to put costumes on the cats and they were not interested in it. So. Mm-hmm. You can borrow, probably, the but borrow the dog. Borrow my dog. Where I'm going to. If you want. She loves a costume. I, you know what? I will give them to you. Birthday might wear them. They're little bat wings. Oh yeah. Let's put them on her. All right, I'll I'll bring I'll bring them. They're sparkly bat wings. I'll bring them for you next time I, I come down. Uh, so if you want us to review some bookmarks and book tech, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy all kinds of fun reading glasses stuff in our in our store. I guess I can't really call it new anymore. We've had it for a few months, mm-hmm. but it is hopping in there. Uh, we have we we love getting uh, photos of folks who um who buy stuff and uh, and wear it or have it in their in their classrooms in their in their library areas? It's really really cool. We please send us those. Uh, you can check it out. There's a link in the show notes. And if you're like, hey, it's Halloween. It's Mallory and Bria's favorite holiday. I should do something nice for them. Since you can't give us candy, uh, you can give us a five star review. That would be a treat instead of a trick. <laughs> that, if, if we were if we were trick or treating at your house, we would open the door. 
and I would say trick or treat. And if that, and you can give us a five star review, that would be perfect. It's great for us. It's great for our uh, egos, but it's also <laughs> actually does some sort of like measurable, tangible help to the show. It helps us get more advertisers. It helps us get more listeners. It really, um, really makes a difference. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. On Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.